Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Players NIL Podcast, our NIL playbook, supporting student-athletes, families, coaches, and interested parties in this crazy world of name, image, and likeness. My guest today, the Executive Vice President at the Sports Philanthropy Network, is one of her many titles, including Mom of Eight, including Great Social Activist. My guest, my new friend, Becoming Better Friends, Kayla Bradham. Kayla, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you bringing me on. I love the work you're doing to create whole and complete athletes. Well, thank you very much. I think uh, you just mentioned in our, our pre-chat here that how connected we have seemed to have been for some time. And um, we have two principles at the Players NIL. I want to talk about both of them because they apply to you directly. The first principle came from my father, and that is how do you use athletics to better your life? And people always say, well, I don't, you know, I wasn't a great athlete. I'm not a great athlete. I'm not a division one athlete. No, 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 no. How do you use athletics, your interest, your passion, your commitment, your friendships to better your life? So I want to talk about Caleb Bradham, young, growing up in Wisconsin. I love your accent. What was your original interest in sports? What was the connection? Who did you follow? Who were you with? Was it your parents, brothers, sisters, grandma, grandpa? Tell us the story. All right. So who did I like? Raleigh Fingers. Um, <laughs> I, I was in second grade during the Milwaukee Brewers World Series, and he was my first crush for the mustache. Um, but yeah, Mark, I grew up in poverty. And when I say in poverty, like if I say we didn't uh, have a car, sometimes we didn't have a phone or TV, people will shake their head yes, and they get it. But when I say, no, you don't understand. We were so poor. My mom didn't even have a driver's license that resonates with people. So when I was at whatever age you are, when you get the registration for sports and for band, I was on fire. And the teacher hands me the softball registration. I say, oh, no, no, no. I think you gave me the wrong one. I'm going to play baseball like the Milwaukee Brewers. And she said, Kayla, um, baseball's for boys. You need softball. And I was like, well, that's dumb. And then, you know, I was going to play the alto sax. And I was going to be like my Aunt Debbie and just be awesome on the alto sax. And I got home and I was so excited, Mark, and I give my mom the permission slip and she just looks at it and she says, money doesn't grow on trees. That stuff is for rich kids. You're not doing that. My heart sank. It was the first time in my life. And I don't know how old you are when you get that stuff, like what, nine, 10 years old, third, fourth grade. And I realized like, oh, <clears throat> sports and band is for rich kids. I'm not playing sports. I'm not playing band. It's just not what poor kids get to do. So I went back to school the next day and I turned in my permission slips. I had it all signed out. I had it signed out before I gave it to my mom. And my teacher said, Kayla, this is great, but you need your mom's permission. And I said, yeah, well, money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> and I just started crying. Mark, I, I, I know it sounds funny, but I just started bawling. I was just like, there's nothing I can do, right? Like I'm, money doesn't grow on trees. I'm a little kid. I'm not getting money. I don't know who, Mark, but somebody, I, I'm 50 years old. I do not know. Somebody paid my registration that fees for me to play softball. I never got to play band, but I got to play softball. Uh, on my way to my first practice, I'm riding my bike. I find a quarter on a sidewalk. I stop, I pick it up. I go to a garage sale. There's an old 
perfectly weathered Rawlings left-handed glove and the price tag on it said 25 cents. I went to wow. my first practice with a glove and I played third base and left field. I wasn't that good, but I remember, and I can only say it my way, just being this little girl on an August afternoon saying, God, if you're real, when I grow up, can you help me do this for other people? Mm. That's that's my purpose, creating hope and possibility through sports for the people who need it most, whatever that looks like. Well, that leads me to the second pillar of our company. First is how to use athletics to better your life, which we just described, and you have. And that's an unbelievable story. It's not a story that I've heard before. So, ladies and gentlemen, this was not pre-planned. It's amazing. It touches me. I have a little tingle in my voice right now. But the second principle is how do you use athletics to better the lives of the people around you? And yeah, well, um, I don't know of anyone in my circle that does it better than you. So tell me what your reaction is to that statement. Um, so for me, it, it starts with the story I just told you. And it continues that hope and possibility. I'm the first person in my family to have a college degree. And when I say we were poor and my mom didn't have a license, I paid somebody to drive me to college. And for me to go to college, I had to work four jobs. So I worked every job. I, I specifically, I applied to one college, only one. It was a private college. It was very expensive. And it's where the Green Bay Packers had training camp because I wanted to do sports media. In a time when girls weren't allowed to do that, I was told you need to be a teacher or a nurse because you're a girl. Okay, that, that far back. So I worked every job that the Green Bay Packers were at. I was their bartender, their caterer. I worked in the green room, the lunchroom. I washed their dishes. I was the girl saying, hello, Mr. Gilbert Brown. Would you like an extra scoop of turkey tetrazzini? <laughs> and the Green Bay Packers just loved on me. And, and you talk about creating hope and possibility for others. That's what they did for me. It was Reggie White saying, Kayla, you get up this morning and pray you keep your focus on god and he'll keep his focus on you it was gilbert brown academic all-american jayhawk like focus on your studies it was santana dotson get outside and throw a frisbee with us stop working we see you working all the time but it was leroy uh, leroy butler who said to me girl fix your face i said i don't know what that means and he said it means stop looking down at your shoes like you're ashamed we see how hard you work you work all these jobs you are smart, you're talented, you're hardworking, you have everything it takes to be a success. Be proud of yourself. So Mark, the crazy thing that happens in life is when we start believing in other people and we create hope and possibility in their lives sooner or later, just maybe, they'll start to believe in the things that we see in them. And it was those Green Bay Packers who helped me to believe in myself, this little girl, in poverty from a town of 8,000 people who grew up physically, sexually, and emotionally abused to say, you see something in me? Maybe, just maybe I can start to see it in myself. Yeah. And then maybe if I can see it in myself, maybe I can help other people see it in themselves too. And for me, sports <laughs> is the tool to do that. It's about literally creating stronger, healthier, and more inclusive communities using sports as the tool, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. You're preaching to the choir here, literally and figuratively. Um, 
I told you I had a connection to your college, which is St. Norbert's. Correct. Because in the fall of 1978, I played football against St. Norbert's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hey. And I, and I remember as a freshman traveling from Hillsdale College in Michigan by bus all the way up to Green Bay. We got out and we saw the green and the yellow colors and we thought we were playing the Packers. We weren't sure who we were playing because they had the same colors. So that was my connection to St. Norbert's. I played football on that field many years ago. I, I love it. And I'll give you a fun fact that will echo that for all of your listeners who just need one fun fact today. The Green Bay Packers do not have a cheerleading team. So when I was in college, the St. Norbert cheerleaders were the Green Bay Packer cheerleaders, hence the green and gold colors. There you go. There you go. Great, great tidbits. So you work your way through college, your journey you have all of this inspirational advice and guidance and leadership and examples. You know, Reggie White, I don't know if there's a greater man in the history of the NFL. And so now you begin your career, your life journey. Tell us a little bit about some of the turning points in your life from a professional standpoint now, you know, about what brought you to the Sports Philanthropy Network. Yeah, so I love it. I get bored easily. So <laughs> sports is, is great for people like me. Um, I didn't get diagnosed, and let's normalize some of this stuff. I didn't get diagnosed with dyslexia until I was in college. I didn't get diagnosed with ADD, ADHD until I was in my 40s. I had eight concussions dealt with a lot of, of the same issues that professional athletes deal with, with multiple concussions. Some of that volatile emotions, the depression, the migraines, the seizures, all of those things I dealt with, right? So- First of all, let's normalize that. Second of all, when I started my career, I wanted nothing more than to be a mom. So for you guys looking at my screen, mom to eight children, that is my greatest calling. And I always started businesses that would allow me to stay home or bring my kids with me to work. So when my kids were very small, I owned a cleaning company, a home health care company, things like that. Always entrepreneurial. I'd write business plans or I'd take great nonfiction books and I'd write them down into two cups of coffee summaries, always creating things for myself to help others. And when I made my entrance into corporate America, my oldest daughter was starting eighth grade. And I, um, I wanted to find a job that would help me help other people be unstoppable to create hope and possibility. So I was offered a job as a GM of a Starbucks, which would make a lot of sense because coffee, but I took a job getting my foot in the door as a cleaner of a fitness center. And I knew if I just got my foot in the door, I'd get promoted. Uh, within three years, I had five or six promotions. I come out of the glass ceiling in corporate America managing 17 to 25,000 member fitness centers. Um, that were affordable and really great amenities like salt water, swimming pools and saunas and hot tubs and things like that, uh, Cairo, things like that. So hit the glass ceiling, felt called to pivot, and I'll call it a right foot pivot, not a left foot pivot, to purpose. And knew I couldn't go any further, um, taught two years at a Milwaukee Public School Choice as we launched Sports Philanthropy Network to get it to where we needed it to be so that I could make it my full-time 
passion. And that, that's where I am. And I have no greater joy than working around my children at home, working with professional athletes and influencers and business executives and sports nonprofits and guys like you. I tell people all the time, I have the best job in the world. Well, you know what? They say if it's that much fun, it's really not work. So I guess that may be true, right? Yeah. That's right. So, you know, congratulations on all that. And I don't need to say congratulations. You've congratulated yourself with your success and the people that you've touched. We are connected uh, because I have joined the Sports Philanthropy Network. I recently relocated to Philadelphia and I'm going to be part of that chapter. And I'm looking forward to doing that because it's part of the principles of what we do. And although it's not my sole purpose. My purpose is to help athletes using NIL. Pillar four in our guidance is community service and philanthropy. Tell me about the philanthropy, sports philanthropy network. How does it work? Where can people learn more about it? Tell us about everything that you want people to know. Well, thank you so much for, for giving me a little space to do that because the work we do is vital. Um, I'll use PJ Fleck for any of you Minnesota fans. And for those of you who don't, please don't push top right now. But Roll the boat. We are building out 30 chapters in the nation's biggest cities to roll the boat on stronger, healthier, and more inclusive communities through sports. So to do that, we're building out leadership councils, Mark, as you know, uh, to support and grow those chapters because we believe if you can get 30 of the nation's biggest cities fixing the problems that exist in their local communities. And you can do that at the same time across the nation. It's going to build some momentum. It's going to take everybody rowing the boat together to really create the traction that we need to row that, row that boat and get it moving. So um, for us, it's building stronger, healthier, and more inclusive communities through sports, whether that's with focus on the military, DEI, STEM education, financial literacy, mental health, all of the issues that we face in our communities and they're different for every community, right? Like the needs in Philly are different in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, fun facts, 25% of all black men are currently incarcerated. 25% of all black men in Milwaukee are currently incarcerated and less than 25% of our adults, all adults, have a college degree. That's why I'm in Milwaukee. The needs in Philly are different. The needs of LA are different than the needs of New York City, Chicago, Kansas City, etc. When we work together and solve our local challenges collectively, we're going to make it. We're going to, for the first time, I think, in our nation's history, uh, I would challenge people to, you know, to debate me on that. But for the first time, we're really going to create hope and possibility by working together. Well, so I'm excited. Sportsphilanthropynetwork.org, sportsphilanthropynetwork.org, or reach out to Mark or reach out to me. I was just going to ask, where can they find you? Uh, thank you. I, I want to I say thank you for sharing your life's journey uh, with us. It makes it personalized, right? And part of what we teach uh, young people is to create a network and to create a following. You have to tell a story. You have to be authentic. Right. And of course, it helps to have some realistic, resonating moments, which you shared with us today. But I think sports philanthropy is one of the next horizons that we're going to accomplish together because athletes hold such a special place in our heart. You know, the little Caleb Bradham 
your maiden name, whatever it was when you were young and going to St. Norbert's and looking up at those big football players. I've seen some of your pictures on social media, Kayla. You're never going to play defensive line for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> but nope. it doesn't mean that you can't use that passion. You can't use those connections to change lives, right? And I believe we can change thousands of athletes' lives. You're going to change thousands of people's lives, maybe millions. And using athletics is a great way to do it. I tell people all the time, you can use math, science, food, travel, fashion, technology. For you, it was sports. For me, it was sports. And I just want to say congratulations to you and your partner, Roy, on building the Sports Philanthropy Network. We're proud to be part of it. You're an awesome leader. You do a great job. I want to say thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm honored just to be on your show. I appreciate the work you're doing to partner with us. Great. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.